Project A Plus. This it's, is, been uh, a, it's, it's, it's been a long time since we've done this. It has. This is episode 101. But wait a minute. Didn't we record a bunch of episodes post episode 100? I don't remember any of those. Okay. So this is just episode 101. Mm-hmm. What is it? What is it? What is it? What are we doing? It is the 2021 Project A Plus official Christmas special. Ah, hence the crackling fire that I hear and also see because we're both sitting in front of it in comfy armchairs. And the tree that's there, there's some presents up to the tree. Mm-hmm. And what are we holding in our hands and occasionally mm. bringing to our lips? Nice, uh, pipey hot mug of hot cocoa. I happen to have uh, whipped cream on my hot cocoa. Wow, that's I disgusting. Know, deluxe. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> um, mine's not piping hot because you, you can't really get milk piping hot without scolding it and, and mm. introducing like uh, kind of a sour off taste that's true so my hot chocolates tend to be pretty lukewarm by the time Mine I'm too. drinking them as this Mine one too. is but it's good what did you make yours with mine mine I went the purest route so I got some pure pure cocoa I got some uh, sugar pre-made hot chocolate powder yeah of course you did of course you did. We don't have the whipped cream, so... I saw the pre-made hot chocolate tins in the aisle, and I went, no. Oh, aren't you fancy? I am. Because you can control the amount of sugar. I bet, you, I, bet you got a, I bet you got a fucking mince pie, too. Not with me. I wouldn't Not waste that me. on this podcast. I only save it for special occasions. Well, this is a special occasion. It's the most special occasion. Well, I didn't I miss a trick. Um, so actually, I will I will just say before we before we get into the proceedings today, that uh, it might have to be a pretty brief recording session. What? Why? Because I, I really can't stay. Um, do I want to humor you? <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go away. Uh. This this evening has been so very nice, but you know my mother will start to worry father will be pacing the floor don't you have anything to say to that yet? hold on did you did you did you put something in my drink <laughs> <laughs> you know what baby it's called outside is a fine song what do, what do you think about it i guess we should i guess we should save it for uh the, the all right we'll get there we'll bell. start up the debate and settle it once and for well, all well if, if we agree we're not going to do much of a debate <laughs> um so what are we doing today on this christmas special well, uh, as we do every year, and will do every year in the future, we are 
we have rather watched three normally two but you know we're feeling extra special it's been a long year and what better way to treat ourselves and our listeners than by doing what well watching three that's right one two three una dos trois three Netflix uh, original song Christmas themed romantic comedies. I joy. And which one of those did we watch? I hear you asking. Well, Hugh, of course, we watched. As we did the last two years, we we uh, served ourselves a, f- a fresh slice of Vanessa Hud- Hudgens goodness, and watched uh, the Princess Switch three. Romancing the Star. Kind of a strange title, but that's what that's what it's called. I could not have told you the title of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> One of us uh, did homework, though I must say I took zero notes <laughs> for Me any also. of the films. That's good. It's okay. It's Christmas. It's loose. It's relaxed. You that's know. Right. We also watched uh, <laughs> some woman and. Jimmy O. Yang in Love Hard. Mm-hmm. And finally, we, uh, you know, this is the whipped cream on our hot chocolate. If 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 uh, the Princess Switch 3 is the milk and um, Love Hard, Love Hard is, the, is cocoa. the cocoa sugar mixture, then this third film is the whipped cream, which is a castle for Christmas. Mm. With Brooke Shields and uh, your um, homeboy, Kiri Elway. <laughs> My Commonwealth homeboy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brother from another Commonwealth. From <laughs> <coughs> the same Commonwealth. It's a, it's a Commonwealth. <laughs> another which, uh, Commonwealth nation. Mm. The, the originator. <laughs> Man, you have to be so cut to be part of the Commonwealth. <laughs> <laughs> To still be part of the Commonwealth. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, Queen Elizabeth's our queen, sure, whatever. Mm. <laughs> it's fucking insane. What a stupid thing. Well, whatever. Um, anyway, um, what do we even do on the show anymore? Do we do any of our dumb segments? Yeah, fuck it. I don't. I don't really want to. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> Let's just get right into it, shall we? Yeah. It's it's Christmas. It's loose. We've had a couple of drinks, you know. Respect around the kids. <laughs> Has anything happened in your life that you'd uh, like to share with the listeners? Not particularly. What about uh, yours? Nah, me either. Let's let's go. Uh, I did finish another uh, PhD application, so I could be moving up nice. in the world. Oh, actually, I do have a story. Oh, really? So, um, oh, I'm uh, you know, champing at the apartment. bit. Champing at the bit. I've been in this bit. apartment since champ- like, I'm, 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 Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me champ at the bit before you uh, get Fine. it. Fine. Hurry up. Um, nom, 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 nom. All right. We good? We good to go? Yeah. So I've been in this apartment for a couple of years now. And although I don't frequently use the oven, um, I do use it on occasion. You know, maybe uh, maybe over the course of those two years, at a guess, maybe I've used it forty times, maybe more. Mm-hmm. 
And, um, you know, when I'm making like, things like casseroles, I don't really notice anything. But when I, when I prepare oven chips, like a, a packet of frozen uh, French fries mm-hmm. and uh, fake fish in the oven, I'm always greeted with a distinct aroma when I remove the trays uh, upon the completion of their cooking. And um, it was always like something that I never quite processed or never quite wanted to fully process to the point where I can like distinctly identify uh, the origin of that aroma. But it's like faintly like excremental. Oh. And, And I just had the thought like, okay, maybe that's just the potatoes, like these cheap frozen potatoes. Maybe that's just something they impart briefly because it doesn't really seem to affect the flavor. Mm. Um, I didn't notice it once it was on my plate and I was uh, feasting on it in front of the television. But um, certainly I do notice it when I remove it first from the oven. Anyway, this is going on, uh, as I said, like up to 40 times, if not more. Um, And then recently I decided to investigate that maybe there is something inside the oven that uh, is uh, causing this and it's not actually something inherent in the, in the cheap potatoes that right. I'm purchasing. Right, right. Um, so I investigated the, the bottom shelf, not the bottom shelf, I guess, the actual floor of the oven, I should say, because the shelf mm. would be the one above mm. it. And I noticed that it was, uh, you know, pretty comprehensively covered in uh, mouse and or rat dropping. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that's so, not good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fucking disgusting. So for two years, dude. I've been cooking everything. <laughs> wow! No wonder your mental capacity has been diminished. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, so I, I cleaned it out, and uh, I cooked a new batch of uh, oven chips, and uh, lo and behold, the smell wasn't there. So it's a little mystery solved. <laughs> well, you don't have like a rat there. I mean, I do because I've seen it a number of times. So it's a rat and/or mouse, but uh, hopefully, it just doesn't get in the oven. So you get some traps. No, I wouldn't do that. Why? As long as he hides long enough for me to get my bond back. Wow. I just this this bit I just read on Twitter when I was listening to your story is so funny. Oh, so you just you were just reading Twitter while I was telling my story. <laughs> I was listening. I'm sorry, man. You're talking to a <laughs> person with undiagnosed ADHD. You can't you can't walk me. <laughs> Wait, haven't you been diagnosed yet? Oh no, you got yeah. moved, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I moved. Yeah. So. Anyway, did you hear this funny thing about Peter Sellers? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Towards the end of filming in early uh, February 1964, Sellers met Britt Eklund, a Swedish actress who had moved to in London, who had moved, arrived in London to film Guns at Batsy. On 19 February 1964, just 10 days after their first meeting, the couple married. Sellers soon showed signs of insecurity and paranoia. He had become highly anxious and jealous, for example, when Eklund starred... <coughs> Excuse me. Opposite attractive men. Shortly after the wedding, Sellers started to film on location in 29 Palms, California, for Billy Wilder's "Kiss Me Stupid." Opposite Dean Martin, or sorry, opposite Dean Martin and Kim Novak, the relationship between Wilder and Sellers became strained. Both had different approaches to work and often clashed. As a result, <laughs> oh my god. <clears throat> 
On the night of 5 April 1964, prior to having sex with Eklund, Sellers inhaled amyl nitrates, also known as poppers, as a sexual stimulant in his search for the ultimate orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> it suffered a series of eight heart attacks over the course of three hours as a result. His illness forced him to withdraw from the building of Kiss Me Stupid, and he was replaced by Ray Walston. <laughs> so, pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a boss. <laughs> it's just, wow, eight heart attacks in a row. That's a lot of heart attacks. There's, there's a really bizarre, like, moment in um, the Get Back documentary mm. where Peter Sellers Did drops in on yeah, I have. Peter Sellers drops in on the studio, right? On the film uh-huh. and recording. Oh, dude, you're fucking, you're fucking nailing the uh, 2021 movies. You're going to have a full list and everything. Um, and he's... Uh, it's not a movie. Yeah, it is. So during the during the production of uh, the Let It Be documentary slash Let It Be album, um, when they're in like the big sound stage that they're in before they relocated, they're just kind of hanging about. Peter Sellers drops in. Because it was like the happening place, I guess, at the time. And mm. he's a celebrity. Mm. And it's kind of this really awkward exchange where he just sort of sits down near them or stands sort of awkwardly around while they're just doing like the usual kind of Beatles banter at each mm. other. They're beaten. Which is very much indebted to the Goon Show, kind of interestingly. But like it's, it seems to like alienate Peter Sellers or something. Or I'm, I'm not exactly sure what he was expecting to happen when he... Mm. Uh, came in upon them but uh, maybe he just wanted poppers or something and the cameras were on <laughs> mm. um but uh yeah he just kind of awkwardly leaves after about like two minutes or at least according to the way they cut the documentary together mm. and uh there's like a, a sort of burbling contempt or discomfort underneath his uh, manner as he departs good stuff <laughs> yeah that sounds like it was worth sharing <laughs> thanks for letting me know <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of one of those things that halfway through the uh, the telling, I realized uh, I can't really sell this. It's something that you kind of have to watch and you pick up on the vibe in the room, but I, I won't be able to do it any justice whatsoever because there's no actual action in this uh, narrative. So there you go. Mm. Mm. Not cutting it out. I'm barely editing this episode. I'm not going to waste my precious Christmas holidays on this shit. Whatever, man. No notes, three garbage films, one garbage podcast. Three garbage films? What are you talking about? A garbage podcast? What are you on about, man? In theory. This is a great podcast. Anyway, I can't stay. I've, I've got to chase down the perfect orgasm. You're going to stay. We're going to do a five-hour recording session. <laughs> yeah, it's... Just I think we should kick things off so with much. Princess Switch because that is the continuity that connects this episode. We should watch them to the previous episode. That makes order sense. that we should watch. We should we should do them in the uh, order that I watch them. The order that I watched them was Princess Switch, uh-huh. Love Hard, A Castle for Christmas. That was also the order that I watched them in. Then let us begin. Let's start by romancing that star. <laughs> start with where did we leave our uh, charming character Stacy DeNovo 
in Princess Margaret in the last movie. <laughs> no, no, let's remember. go all the way back. Where did we find them when okay, we first okay. introduced to so them in let's the first see. movie? Okay, let's go all the way back. Okay, so at the dawn of May, <laughs> there was an obelisk. Um, I don't... So, let's see. Stacy DeNovo is a baker from Chicago. Um, and she enters... She is entered into a baking contest by her Hunky, um, Sue Baker, best friend slash slash uh, uh, employee. <laughs> yeah, he's um, Sue Baker. Sue Baker, F- fuck off. Um, what's his name? Nick, something like that. Uh, Adam. No, it's not Adam. Brian. It's 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 fucking Nick. Why can't you remember anything? Peter. <laughs> it's fucking Nick. I think it's Nick. I'm gonna check real quick. Epstein. Tell me, tell me, dude, is it, is it Nick? Why, why are you doing this to me? I don't know. I'm not looking anything up. <coughs> I'm looking it up right now. I thought this was a notes-free episode. We're just relaxing in front of the fire, not worrying if we got everything. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not consulting notes. I'm consulting Wikipedia. That's this. That's, that's keeping in with uh, uh, the actor's name is Nick Sager. The Kevin is the character is named Kevin Richard. The Kevin is Nick character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the character is named Kevin. Kevin also has a daughter yeah. named Olivia. Uh, basically, they go to a small European country, which has seemingly uh, stayed a, a brutal feudalist uh, nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it turns out that she looks just like the uh, princess monarch of this small European country, His which doesn't exist. Mark. We should say. Which his his name is Margaret, I think. Yeah, Does that sound right, Princess Margaret. I think that's right. And basically, they switch. Uh, Princess Margaret falls in love with uh, Kevin. <laughs> he falls in love with the character, and uh, Stacey Denovo falls in love with some fucking prince or something. All right. The prince who was betrothed to the princess. Yeah. But it was kind uh, of like an arranged marriage setup. It wasn't uh, a love marriage. No. <coughs> so their hearts went in it. Smash cut to one year later, and there's the Princess Switch 2. Did that have a subtitle? I don't think it did. Switched again. And that one, I don't remember the plot of it at all, but it introduces a third Vanessa Hudgens. What's her name? <laughs> um, Morgan. No, it's not Morgan. Jessica. It's not Jessica, just remember, bro. Rachel. Uh, okay, I guess I'll have to go back on Wikipedia. This is what you want. No screens. I said no screens, no notes. No, no, no. Too late. Uh, Pr- Lady uh, Fiona Pembroke, who is Margaret's cousin. I, I literally remember none of the plot of The Princess Switch 2. There's either. some more switching. It doesn't matter. It sucks. She's a, she's a bad guy. Uh, so she ends up in jail. Duh. Yeah. And in this one, we cut to, you know, a year after that. And um, Christmas has come once again, as it does every year. Uh, and um, lucky, luckily for the kingdom, the principality? what The fiefdom. The country? It's not a fiefdom. The country... What is a fiefdom? I don't even know what a fiefdom is. A fiefdom is, is like a... It's like a um, if I understand correctly, it's like part of a feudal country that's ruled by a feudal lord, right? So it'd be like right. the, it'd be like you know, 
part of England would be a fiefdom, and whoever, whatever local pedophile would be the the duke or the earl. I think. Right. So it's not a fiefdom. It's some. It's some. You know, principality or kingdom or who knows, whatever queendom, whatever it is. Monarchy. Monarchy. And there appears to be no democratic government whatsoever in nah. <laughs> whatever country this is, but that's, that's conveniently ignored, I guess. Anyway, so uh, as they do every year, the kingdom is hosting a um, Christmas bash. Uh, what makes it special is they have been lent a very um, wondrous artifact by the Catholic Church called the Star of something or another, and then the Star thing. of Peace or something like that. It was peace. Good in enough. There. Good enough. So yeah, some cardinal comes and brings it, and um, you know, just when they're about to display it, turns out, oh, the damn thing got stolen. Um, luckily, the uh, I guess they're both princesses or queens or whatever now, right? So it doesn't matter. But both Stacy and Margaret are like, well, who do we know? Who is a you know, has connections to the uh, global underworld, and of course, it's it's her cousin Fiona, and uh, basically they get her out of the convent at, at which she has been serving community service time, and um, they, they go track down the star. There's some more characters introduced. There's Peter Maxwell, who is a uh, boarding school chum slash potential love interest uh, of <laughs> of Fiona, played by. Um, I think we could say a, a certain relish, a, a, a je ne sais quoi, by your your country, man. That's right. Your brother from the same country, uh, Ruby High. Um, and also, there was a bad guy. His name is something. I Adam. It doesn't matter. Adam. This, it's not Adam. Barry. Why do you keep on saying Adam? <laughs> it's not fucking Adam. No one's name is Adam. Um. Yeah, there's a bad guy, Peter. Peter. No, isn't Peter Maxwell the, the Max? <laughs> Stop, Max. You're gonna be looking up, bro. Hunter Canard. Hunter. There you go. <laughs> of course. <laughs> if you're thinking of a despicable rich <laughs> yeah. character, like who else but Hunter could it be? Uh, that that's really making sense because Hunter is, of course, a, a peasant name because it's an occupational name, and you know. Good little rich boys and girls would never be named that, so he must be part of the Nouveau Riche. Anyway. <laughs> A lot of poor hunters running about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, that's basically the movie. Uh, Hugh, I guess it comes down to what did you think about the Princess Switch 3 romancing the star? Were you sufficiently charmed? Did it recapture some of that swishy magic from the Princess Switch 1? Or was it another slog, like the Princess Switch 2 switched again? Uh, well, from memory... Which is the only thing that you have. It is slightly better than the second one, but still mm. falls well short of the first movie. And the reason for that, as I tried to argue on uh, the previous uh, Christmas special is because once you've resolved the two central romances, there is nowhere else for the plot to go. Mm. So even if you keep employing the switching gimmick, which we'll, we'll talk about how this film either employs or fails to employ the gimmick uh, a bit later, mm. but even, even if you uh, go overboard on the gimmick stuff, 
the sort of lack of a romantic resolution to these particular plot lines really leaves uh, a dramatic hole at the center of the film. And I don't mean drama in a heavy sense, but just sort of some emotional arc that you can get invested in. Because otherwise, uh, it's pretty easy not to care. And uh, that was a, a problem that uh, was all over the second film. This tries to redress that by introducing a new romance with the third uh, Vanessa Hutchins, who was uh, an antagonist in the previous film, but is really the protagonist of this film, oddly enough. But it makes sense because there's nothing else to that you can really do with the other two characters. You've already got them together once and resolved, uh, you know, a, have an issue with their relationship partners. in the second film. Have, have them do, like, a key party, you know? Yeah, that's true. Have them um, switch and accidentally have sex with the wrong, you know, partner and then complications ensue. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so basically they have to make a whole new romance um, for this movie. And that's mm. how we get uh, Remy and uh, Vanessa, the third... You know, competing to see who has the worst uh, British accent. Now, and, uh, um, I gotta say, my countryman, my countryman does the sort of generic uh, posh British accent that you know mm. Australians such as Crims, Chris Hemsworth <laughs> Crims, employ Crims Hemsworth. in uh, a certain uh, superhero movie that he's a part of. It's a very, very, uh, it's a very airless accent when it comes out of Remy High's mouth. Yeah, and uh, Vanessa Hutchins has uh, a more, I guess, a more capable accent in that it kind of resembles what she is actually going for, but it is also bad, just in a different way. It's it's intentionally campy, but it's extremely annoying. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Is there an opinion in there somewhere? What did you think of it? Uh, yeah, I was, I, I, you know what, I, I definitely enjoyed this, uh, more than the second one, which, uh, for memory, was just torture. This one I was not particularly bored, and I don't think that there's much to enjoy in this. It's not particularly pleasureful, but it yeah. is lacking the, the, uh, water drip torture of number two, I think. Yeah. And, uh, that's why you gotta give it a half star more than the second one. <laughs> uh, I think that... Uh, yeah, it's it's a, a huge mistake. I mean, I, again, I don't agree with your point necessarily, because it's not like this one or the second one particularly leaned into the switching gimmick, right? And if they had, it may have been, I think, more fun. <laughs> but for the yeah, more fun, but I think I think still <laughs> fairly hollow. But yeah, well, I'd rather have fun than hollow, fun and hollow than what the the, the crap that's in both of these films. I mean, then not particularly fun and also hollow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, and it, it the second one the the switching felt very perfunctory, um, and this one it's almost non-existent. Well, I think we can argue that it actually doesn't occur in this film. There's lots of impersonations, but no one no one switches places. Yeah, um, and I think that it would be if if they make another one, what they should do is is who cares about having done the romantic thing? Just make them switch all the time. Just have it be a thing where they're constantly switching. Have it be a thing where they forget which one they are, and the audience also forgets because <laughs> there's too many switches. Like, why not? Just be, go go fucking crazy with it. Who cares? Um. Uh, anyway, so this one, um, the first one is fun. Uh, because it uses its gimmick the appropriate amount, right? 
This one is fun because it sucks, but there are many aspects of it that I find to be amusing. I am always a sucker for when characters spend a lot of time touching fake operating systems, and this film contains a uh, extreme amount of that. <laughs> I kind of like the junky heist elements too, even if they're not they're not good. But it's not like it's more of a pool than whatever the hell is happening in the second movie. I don't think they're executed particularly well, um, but it's funny to see a very low-rent version starring these two characters that I hate. So as we said, uh, both Vanessa Hudgens and Ruby Hyde do horrible accents in this, and there is something to be said about the fact that they're, you know, the romance that the film is <clears throat> like hinging its central emotional hook on is theirs. There's something deeply funny about that to me, yeah, <laughs> because it's like. <laughs> These two, like, uh, you know, fake, fake people. <laughs> it's just funny in conception. Uh, I thought... Fiona, I am a British person. <laughs> yes. That's basically his accent. <laughs> a, little, a little more dry, less, less uh, enunciation. Yeah. Um, uh, but I thought, I thought... I thought it was... I, I just thought it was funny watching them, like, pretend to be in love. I thought I thought it was funny that they expected us to give a shit about this the character, this ridiculous like villain character's relationship with their mom. <laughs> the fact that Vanessa Hudgens doesn't like modulate her performance, she's always this like cartoonish character, you know, the entire way through. Something something else I enjoy about this film is how marginalized the nominal main characters the last two films are. Yeah. <laughs> they don't really do anything for the entire film. I especially love what happens with um, Kevin and his daughter, who are in the film for like two scenes apiece, and the Prince too, which I think is rare if you see. Mm. <laughs> I like that there there seemingly are plot elements that are set up and then never delivered on. Like there's lots of talk about about there being a huge snowstorm, but it, and you're like, oh, this will impact the plot in some some way, but it never comes off pretty much. Um. I think I enjoyed all the weird strands, like the Catholic Church and the fact that like someone else who lost to these this star was like executed because of it or something like that. Mm. It's pretty pretty strange stuff to be introducing into what to be a very like white uh, film. <laughs> I think invoking the Catholic Church at all is kind of odd for a escapist fantasy like this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you agree with me, especially the way it's like, oh, this is the Cardinal. <laughs> I like that the the way they try to like uh, woke woke it by making him a black cardinal. I think that's really funny that they're like, oh, we have to make the Catholic Church seem you know modern. So <laughs> here's this black cardinal. It is bizarre that it's not just like the the Montenero Star of Peace or something like it's like a tradition that's yeah. established within the country. Like it doesn't yeah, make why, any why, sense. Why did you, you bring up the Church. Catholic Church at all? Yeah. Um, but I, I enjoy that they do it. It adds a strange element to it, you know? That's all you can hope for in a, a, a shitty film like this, I think. Let's see. What else? What else? What else? I love hard.
Okay, so uh, this film is about a woman who gets catfished by Jimmy O. Yang. Uh, why is this film called Love Hard You? Let's, let's talk about that before we get into it. <laughs> Baffles me. I've got no idea what it's a reference to. Well, it's a reference to the movie Die Hard, of course. Which this film wastes hours, it feels like, relitigating the stupid debate that no one cares about. Which is? About whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not. <laughs> and their conclusion? Uh, I, I, think, I guess they concluded that it was a Christmas movie. That seems to be the, the gist. Was this was this on the blacklist in like you know twenty twelve or something? It feel it definitely feels like a pre twenty sixteen uh, vibe. You get a lot. I don't want to like Hillary Clinton vibes for this movie. I don't know if you did. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so it's not just the Die Hard is a Christmas movie nonsense um, that is mm. integrated into the screenplay here, but there is another uh, Christmas themed debate uh, that also gets litigated in this film. Baby is cold outside. Did you, hey, you did you did you know that song is a little rapey? I, I really can't say. Because you were late to this podcast by a couple of minutes, I did uh, open up Netflix and go to the scene in question and uh, transcribe at least mm. some of the new rendition, the non-problematic God. version of uh, "Baby It's Cold Outside" because I thought maybe we we could perform it on the podcast, but maybe not. No. I can dryly read it out. Yeah, that, that's okay. It, uh, I didn't write it all down, but you'll get the idea. So, yeah, they... At one point, um, in order to upstage his brother, who is a jerk, Jimmy O. Yang and his pretend girlfriend um, are going to sing a carol to the neighbours. Well, it's not really a carol, but they decide upon singing uh, Baby It's Cold Outside. Um, the main bird's like, uh, yeah, this song's rapey. And then Jimmy Yang's like, it's all right, I'll fix it. So we get a rendition that goes along these lines. I really can't stay. That's her saying that. And then he, he says, no problem, there's the door. I've got to go away. I hear you. Say no more. This evening has been, and then Jimmy Yang interjects, totally consensual. She completes her thoughts, so very nice. And he says, I hope you get home safe tonight. And she says, my mother will start to worry. Here's my phone, give her a call. My father will be pacing the floor. Adios, say no more. So I really better scurry. I've been saying that for a while. That's all I, all I read down. Hmm. All right, a castle for Christmas. Do you want to synopsize this talk shit or do you want me to? <laughs> <laughs> so Brooke Shields uh, writes um, romance novels, are they? Yeah, yeah. Sort of? They're romance novels. She's a romance novelist. Um, she's been getting some, some flack from her fan base after killing off uh, one of her characters. Mm, the male romantic weed. Seemingly inspired by an acrimonious uh, divorce in her own life. Mm. 
So she flees to rural Scotland mm. to a castle. Hear your Scottish accent, real quick. <laughs> Wow. wow. About as good as uh, Carrie, <laughs> Carrie was. Uh, I accent. think his accent, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't good, but at least it was consistent. <laughs> she flies into Edinburgh. Um, she goes to a castle. That, is, is it, it just a random yeah. castle, or is it something that she has? Yeah, just a random castle. No, no, no. She has a connection to it. That her family used to work at. They were servants they were, there. They were slaves, pretty much. <laughs> the castle is currently owned by a duke who is uh, Carrie Always, who is not Scottish. And I think puts on a, a terrible Scottish accent. I don't think it's a good accent, but at least it's not. Um, it's, at least it's consistent. <laughs> but I mean, as a non-Scottish person, I can pick up that it was not a good accent. No. Well, it's because you know, and they're surrounded by actual Scottish people. It's, you know. Some actual Scottish people. Yeah, so a lot of them were not. Some actual Scottish people, like Brooke Shields. Some diversity in the in the white Scottish town. There, there yeah. is one black lady who is not and, Scottish. And, and because, a gay, too. <laughs> yep. Because I don't think there are any black Scottish people. Can you think of one? Can I think of one? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> in media? No, I can't. But Just think of one. I'm sure there are plenty of black Scottish people. <laughs> Just think of one. Are you okay? <laughs> is this like a weird bit? No. <laughs> I think Scotland's fairly ethnically diverse. I don't think it is that ethnically diverse. But I should just let's, say that let's look the, up demographics right now. But I should just say that I, I really am talking about media portrayals. Media portrayals. No, I can't, I can't even think of a picture one. a black person with a Scottish accent in any piece of media. Well, we got we got this one. Let's see. It, with the exception of this one, which is not a Scottish <clears> accent. It looks like black people make up a total of 0.07% of the population. So there you go. It's not that many. <laughs> wow. Just to be clear, Scotland is 98.74% white. <laughs> That's fucking oh, insane. Oh wait, no, sorry. That was that was the uh, that, that, that was that was the I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was the 1919 statistic. It's 96.02 percent white. <laughs> anyway, the black woman who's in this movie is not is not Scottish. So <laughs> I know she's a British comedian. I think. Yeah. Her casting felt typical of what you often see in romantic comedies, where she is the only black person who has no black family or friends. Yeah, she's just there to be friends with the white lead. Just like the just like the gay character too. <laughs> Which is even funnier because they had to kill his husband. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, I I thought this film was absolute torture. <laughs> I was so I was so fucking bored. I was dying. <laughs> I feel like my eyes were like bleeding. It's it's un it's basically unwatchable. I did manage to watch it. It felt like the longest like stretch of time that I've ever had to sit through in my entire life. Also, I also made the mistake of watching this film at work. <laughs> Though I did I did satisfy our bargain because I did turn off the lights in the classroom. I watched it all in one go. But I wow. did watch it at work. How did you watch this at work? Like, did you have a two-hour break? Yeah, I had a two-hour break. <laughs> oh, God. Imagine spending your break time watching Well, I don't, have to, I, don't, I don't have to imagine it because I did, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't fall asleep, but like, 
me me saying I hate this really carries more weight than it does if you say you hate this because yeah. I can like this type yeah. of thing if it's if it's like done okay even if it's not particularly commendable. This is this is a painful sit. It has nothing enjoyable in it in the slightest. <laughs> I, 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 I can't even think of like things to pull out and like discuss from it because it's just it's just torture. There's no conflict. There's nothing. It's just like who cares? It's just like. Air, aristocracy propaganda like <laughs> alright well I think we've exhausted the castle <laughs> the film that we barely talked about yep. it's, it's, are we done? Uh, we gotta do bonus features right? do we? I guess we don't, I guess we don't have to you know what? <laughs> this feels like the type of episode that uh, you know we'll wait a few days and then decide not to release. <laughs> no, no, we gotta release this. Fine. <laughs> I can't. We can't have watched this movies for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess that's it. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.